you, Father. I'm just reminded, I, I, I was prophesying over someone yesterday, and this prophecy kind of stuck with me. And it, 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 a lot of times in Emerge, we do these, um, they're called awakenings, and they're these um, prophetic soaking encounters that I recorded for each one of the lessons. And, and a lot of these emerge awakenings. And honestly, in, in over the course of my life, I've, I've visited this place. It's the father's house. Um, whenever I'm prophesying. And so yesterday when I was prophesying over this uh, girl, I, it was, I was back in the father's house and it was kind of interesting because the father's house you know, in scripture, I even teach about how the father's, the father's house is actually his body. That in the father's house, there's many mansions and Jesus went to prepare a place for us. And I, I talk about how we're the mansions. That in the father's house, his body, there are many mansions and we're these mansions in the father's house. But in this particular father's house, it's a, it's a physical house. And the father's house, at the father's house, whenever I visit it, it's always Christmas. So there's always a Christmas tree. There's always presents. And regardless of what you think about pagan holiday, whatever, and Christmas trees and all that stuff, the point is, is that it's a celebration of Jesus every day. It's a celebration of, of Jesus every day. And, and Christmas has su- is such a, you know, such a time of home. It's such a time of family. It's such a time of exchanging gifts. And so yesterday when I was prophesying her, I, I saw the Christmas tree full of gifts for her. And uh, I, just as we were worshiping tonight, I felt like the Lord wanted me to just, I'm just kind of walking through it here. He's reminding me now that there was a, a prophecy that I gave that was similar to that um, over, I think it's been over two years ago, and it was a word that I had prophesied over um, the year. And it was, <laughs> I need to pull it up. Um, on my computer when I get home, but it was, I'm remembering as I'm sitting here talking about it, it was based on the scripture, all things are possible if you can believe. And that, you know, there's a, Jesus asked a blind man one time, what do you want me to do for you? Even though he saw I was blind, you know, he asked the blind guy, what do you want me to do for you? And as I'm just kind of putting these pieces together, what, what I feel like the Lord is saying tonight is, you know, even at, you know, when you have kids, you ask your kids, you know, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for your Christmas presents? Ask your grandkids that. You ask, you know, just what do you want for Christmas? And those gifts underneath the tree in the Father's house represent the desires of our heart. They're the, the, th- the answers to the questions, son, what do you want? Daughter, what do you want? You know, and a lot of times we, we ask the Lord for our needs, you know, our needs to be met. And that's scriptural too. You know, our God shall supply all of our need according to his riches and glory. So our needs are valid. You know, he provides daily bread. But the goodness of God in this hour is something that, you know, it says the eyes of the Lord go across the earth looking for someone through whom he can make himself 
known or strong. See, God is looking for people that are willing to believe. Believe, number one, that he's good. And that he is a good father. That he is better than our earthly parents who asked us what we want for Christmas. Or better than we've given him credit for. You know, religion shuts down our ability to desire. It teaches us that our desires are selfish. It teaches us that, um, I mean, you know, my, my, my great-grandma, my, no, my grandma, rather, and my great-grandma before her, they were Pentecostal. And my mom grew up in a church where, you know, you weren't allowed to cut your hair, you weren't allowed to uh, wear pants, you weren't allowed to wear makeup, you weren't allowed to go to movies, to football games, to dance, to roller skate, to it, anything that had any kind of fun at all. Fun was, was sinful, which is such a long way from I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And the Amplified, it says that they might, I have come that they might enjoy life. It's so far from joy being the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy, you know. And I I just really feel like God's reminding me of this because he's looking for people that will raise their hand and say, Daddy, you can use my life as a testimony of your goodness. You can use me, you know. I I will, and here's the problem. We all come into the Father's house like Orphan Annie. You know, and Daddy Warbucks. You know, I mean, we come in with an orphan mindset. We don't know what it's like to, you know, because the goodness of God confronts our orphan heart. It confronts the way we think we're not worthy. We don't deserve it. Um, And, you know, we're out in the kitchen sneaking food because we think we've been programmed in lack. We've been programmed to think scarcity Right, and we, we don't know how to, to to enjoy the abundance of the Father's house, and and to enjoy that it's all ours, and that it's all free, and that it's not going to be taken away from us, or that it, it you know that it's okay to have desires. Um, and so I just want to encourage you that to step into this. There's a reason why I feel like God's bringing it back, because enough enough people haven't said yes. <laughs> Enough people haven't said, I, you can use me, Daddy. You can use me to demonstrate your heart, to demonstrate your character, to demonstrate your goodness and your generosity and your wealth and your abundance and your mercy and your forgiveness and the, the too good to be true love and all of the good things that you are, tr- that you are, that have been so misrepresented by religion that have been so, have so mischaracterized who God is. I mean, God is not only fun, he's Mr. Fun. He's original fun. At his, at his, in his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. He, he is the creator of fun. He's the creator of delight. He's the creator of beauty. He's the creator of good. He's, he, he's the creator of pleasure. I mean, he's the creator of sex. He's the creator of wine. He's the creator of the plants and the animals and the ocean. I mean, just the incredible things. I mean, it's an incredible, you know, it's so easy to get, I don't know, bound up by religion and so easy to buy into the hype that God is, has a, has a magnifying glass or a, a, a magnifying glass yeah, or a microscope 
on what's wrong with us. Like he's some sin-focused judge that is condemning us and causing us to feel guilty and causing us to feel ashamed because of all the things that we see in our lives that are, that are, that need to change. You know, that is just not the father's focus. It's the father's, that is just not the father's focus at all. He does not deal with someone that was crucified. You know what? That old man is dead. The sinner is dead. You know, and another thing I do in Emerge is we have to sing, ding dong, the witch is dead. There's a whole little song I make them sing because that's truly when the little, you know, in Wizard of Oz, when the little, whatever they are, what do they call them? The munchkins sing that song about the dead, which is dead. Well, that's your old man. Your old man is dead, dead, ding dong, dead, dead, really dead, absolutely dead. That song is really funny. But the point is, is that it's the enemy that's focused on that. It's the enemy that's constantly getting you to focus on your badness, right? Instead of God's goodness. And um, God wants us to focus on his goodness. He wants us to focus on what he's done, on the good news, on the good truth of the gospel. And he is looking to expand our ability to receive. He wants to expand our ability to open up all these gifts, and receive the desires of our hearts. To not be afraid of our dreams. To not be afraid of... the, Or to be ashamed. Or to think it's wrong. But to embrace those things. And open them up as a gift from God. You know, I was reading in um, Romans 7. Let me just pray and then we'll get into this tonight. But Father, I just thank you that there's people's... There's people listening tonight to the podcast. There's people here who have their, their hands raised. And their father saying, yes, you can demonstrate your goodness through my life. I, I am available to be a testimony of your character, to actually demonstrate who you are. And I thank you that you are not a sin-focused God. I thank you that there's not sin consciousness. There's not a, you don't have a sin-conscious bone in your body. I thank you that you are righteousness conscious. You are Jesus conscious. You are, you are our perfection conscious. You, you see us blameless and holy, and you are not confused about what Jesus did on the cross. And so, Lord, I thank you that we aren't either. I thank you that we have put off that old man. We have put off thinking negatively about ourselves, that our focus is not on us at all. We aren't self-centered, Father. We are Jesus-centered. We are, we are gospel-centered. We are new nature-centered, Father. Whew. And so I just come against condemnation. I come against guilt. I come against shame. I come against things that we are holding against ourselves, Father. We, I, just, I release us from our record of wrongs. Whew. I break that off in Jesus' name. I break off the guilty verdict. I break that off in Jesus' name. You are not guilty, and I declare it so. I declare it to your subconscious mind. I declare it to the part of you that has been sin conscious. And I erase that with the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus purges our conscience from dead works. And that is a dead, 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 dead thought. And I just purge it in Jesus' name by the blood of the Lamb. And I thank you, Father, that you are infusing us with the new man's thoughts. That we are so conscious of the new man. We are so conscious of your presence that indwells inside of us. We are conscious of our union with you. We are conscious of our resurrection life. 
We are conscious of all of the good things that are in us in Christ Jesus, Father. We are, we are conscious of that we are holy. We're conscious that we are, that we are perfect, that we are complete, Father, that we are blameless, that we are washed, <laughs> that we are righteous, Father, that we are just like Jesus is in this world. <laughs> That's what we're conscious of. We're conscious of being like Jesus, being just like Jesus right now. And everything that that means, God. And Lord, we're righteously opening presents that are under this tree tonight. We're going up like sons, God. We're going up, we're going up like this is actually our inheritance. We're going up boldly, boldly, Father. And we are all the things that Jesus, Jesus' birth, life, death, resurrection provided, Father. We, we're celebrating that by opening it up. We're opening it up. We're opening up, Father, the the fruits of salvation. We are opening up, God, the fullness of what it means to be saved and what it means to be sanctified and what it means, Father, to live in your kingdom as supernatural sons, Father, in union with you, walking as one with you, God. I thank you that because you're in us, our dreams are possible. I thank you that it's you that's doing the work. I thank you that our dreams glorify you. And so, God, we're not afraid of them. We're not we're not we're shrinking back from them, father we're running towards them and i thank you father that it is you that is in us right now causing us to will and to do your good pleasure so your your faith is rising up in us god and i thank you for that and so tonight lord as we get into the word and as you you encourage us god and you you teach us what belongs to us in christ and you you help renew our minds father so that we we experience the transfiguration uh, we experience the glory that's inside of us. We, we experience who we really are. I think that this is about experiencing heaven. This is about experiencing Jesus. This is about experiencing the kingdom. That Christianity is an experience, God. I think that, that, we, that people will be healed tonight, even as I'm just talking, God, because it's a manifestation of what Jesus has already done for us, God. I think we're not toiling to do anything, God, but just, just be, be in you. <laughs> and so we rest. We rest tonight in the reality of what you've done. We rest tonight in the reality of your son. And we praise you for it, Jesus. We praise you for it, Father. We praise you, Holy Spirit. And I just release the glory, Father. I just release the glory over the, over the podcast tonight, God. I thank you that glory is just filling rooms, where, cars, wherever people are while they're listening tonight, Lord. I just release an atmosphere of glory now, Father. We just release the presence of Holy Spirit. We just release his gifts. We just release right now, Father, people from bondage, from atmospheres, Father, that have been... Uh, just uh, tormenting them, Father, all kinds of ailments, all kinds of situations, Father, circumstances. And I just am speaking to whoever this is for tonight, Lord. I just thank you that, that the situation that they've been concerned about, the, whatever that is, God, that you, it's already, already been taken care of. I thank you that their prayers have not just, they've just been answered, and the only thing that's happening now is the manifestation of it. So I thank you that they can just, just rest knowing that you're on the scene, that you've got it handled. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And I just, I just also sensing some, some financial things going on with people. And Lord, I just thank you that um, you are enlightening the eyes of our understanding and those of us, Father, that that may be dealing with financial things tonight, Father. And I thank you that they only see abundance. I thank you that whatever the situation is that looks like lack is an illusion and a lie. And I thank you that that from this moment forward, Lord, that's what they see. 
They see it as a lie, and they see abundance, Father. They see the situation remedied. They see the need met, Father. They see the bill paid. They see their bank accounts full, Father. They see assets on their balance sheet. They, Father, they see wealth and increase, God. They see, they have a, you know, Holy Spirit said he will show you things to come, and I thank you that they are seeing the future, Father, uh, that, that is wealthy, I thank you that they see themselves wealthy, God. I thank you that they are not focused on what it looks like right now. They're not focused on the past, God. I thank you that they are focused on the promise, which is that they are wealthy in Christ. And we just praise you right now for that, Father. We thank you that financial uh, hardships are, are over. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you that it's done. It's done. It's done. All right. There's so much good things in here. I just, I, I've just been reading lots, but Roman Romans eight, we've got kind of been on talking about carnal mindedness and spiritual mindedness, and we've been talking about kind of these two minds, right? And it's in in the King James version. It says to be carnally minded is death. And to be spiritually minded is peace. And I can attest to that being true, as I'm sure that you can too. It says that those that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And so there is a way of life that you and I are called to live that is by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are called to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to just say that again. We are called to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. We do not have to live as mere humans. Matter of fact, when we live like we're a mere human, that's honestly what it means to be carnal. It, a carnal is a, a forgetting of your divinity. <laughs> it's a forgetting of your immortality. It's a forgetting that you are a, a superhero <laughs> that, that is capable of supernatural exploits because God Almighty himself lives inside of you. I'm going to just, I mean, we've heard it so much we don't hear it. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait a second. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, if I had a time machine and I could, you know, click it back to Solomon's temple right now and we could go visit the grandeur of, of Solomon's temple and we could walk in. Oh, gosh, wouldn't that be amazing if we could do that, right? And we could just see this incredible structure that Solomon built and see the pe- the priests, right, uh, doing their priestly duties in the in the inner sanctum and in the outer courts, right, and just going in, in about their priestly duties. I mean, you know... I feel like we would have a better understanding of maybe the glory <laughs> that's in us. You know, I mean, we, we pray a lot of times for like, you know, Lord, your Shekinah glory. We want, you know, the priest couldn't stand in the temple because of the Shekinah glory. Well, you know, he couldn't go into the Holy of Holies. It was so holy. It was the Holy of Holies. It was so, so holy, right? You couldn't go in there except once a year, right? And you might not come out if you go in. If you did something wrong, right? I mean, it was holy. I mean, and I just think we can, it's hard for us to imagine. It's so far removed from our Western world and mindset and modern times. But I do think imagining it or thinking about it or even studying it not is a, is a 
is an incredible revelation of the power and the glory that's inside of us. That this incredible structure, and you know, that really didn't even really contain the glory of God. It's why he couldn't live in a temple made with hands. Really, the, uh, the, the, the real expression of the glory is for him to inhabit human beings. And the power of the Holy Spirit is, it's really easy to forget, unfortunately, and live like a human. But why? Because the whole world lies in darkness. And we've been taught in a secular world our whole life to believe that we are just really like a body, maybe maybe a soul. But, you know, people even get confused about this. Like if you read self-help literature, you read something that doesn't have a, an understanding of our, uh, what, it, what, what a spirit, what your spirit is. I mean, it's like you, we don't even have one. I mean, you go to the doctor, they're not going to talk to you about your spirit. They're not going to consider your spirit or even that you, why? Because you can't find it on the operating table. You can't see your spirit on the x-ray machine right? Um, I do believe that in years to come that there's going to be breakthroughs in some of this, and there's going to be scientific advancements. I think they're already starting to be in, in the reality of, of us, you know, human beings having spirits. Um, but my, that's a kind of a side note here. I, I want to I go back to this very powerful definition of what it means to be carnal, now, I've talked about the fact that in the Greek, the word carnal just means flesh. It literally means like steak. It's like just meat. <laughs> I mean, it's like flesh. It's literally like our body, you know, it's just flesh. It's, it's, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just, it's just human, right? It's just, it, in this case, it's just human, human. And, you know, there's a, a powerful scripture that, that Paul is teaching about when he is rebuking the church. And he's saying, I cannot speak to you as spiritual People, because you are carnal. I mean, he just calls them out for it, that you are carnal. And, and I, I'm going to read it to you. It's in 1 Corinthians 3, 3, okay? And he says this. He says, let me, let me start in verse 2. I had to feed you, 1 Corinthians 3, 2, I had to feed you with milk, and not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. For you are still controlled by the flesh. Or in the King James Bible, it says, for you are yet carnal. For you are yet carnal. And then he gives some examples of of carnal, what it means to be carnal. You are envy, strife, divisions. And it says here, are you not acting and behaving? It says, this is the Christian Standard Bible. Are you behaving like mere humans? And he says in the contemporary English version, it says, are you, and you are acting like people of this world. In the Good News translation, it says, you prove that you belong to this world living by its standards. The Holman Christian Standard Bible says, you are fleshly and living like unbelievers. Let me say it again a different way. You are living like people who have never met God. You are living like people that have never been taught the good news. You are living like people that have never heard about the fact that you have a new nature. 
You are living like people that have never heard that you are righteous, that the old sin nature was crucified. You are living like mere humans. You are living like you do not have the power of the Holy Spirit resident in you. You are living like someone who has no supernatural help and grace and assistance and revelation and understanding and empowerment in whatever it is that you're dealing with at the moment. You are acting like you are helpless. You are acting like a victim. You are acting like you're powerless is what you're, you just, you have forgotten or you have never heard what the truth is and what, what, what the gospel has provided for you. You're forgetting that heaven is here. You're forgetting that the kingdom is within. You're forgetting that you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. You're forgetting that you are seated in heavenly places right now. You are forgetting that the death and life are in the power of your tongue. You are forgetting that uh, you do not make a living through toil, but you, you live by faith, that you walk by faith. You have forgotten the principles that you have been taught, and you are living like none of it's true. You are living in a false identity. You are living in a false reality. And you know what? (laughs) It's death. To be carnally minded is death. It means you are dead to the realities. You, You are asleep to the reality of what is real. You know, and, and that's what makes practicing the presence of God so incredibly powerful. And it's not, it's not something that believers are not, we're not taught enough on this. You know, we, we live so much, there's a place for the past, there's a place to look at the past in a sense to, to determine how is it controlling me. And there's a place to look at the future and have a vision and a hope for the future. But you can also look at the future and worry. You can look at the past and have regret. But, I mean, this moment, this moment right now is where God, God lives. I mean, yes, he's in the past. Yes, he's in the past. But this is the moment. This is the moment that you're led by the Spirit. You can't be led by the Spirit in your past, and you can't be led by the, the, in the, Spirit, by the future yet. You have to be led right now. It's a moment-by-moment, minute-by-minute lifestyle. And the only way to do it is that you actually have to be aware of it. (laughs) Like you actually have to be aware of the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in you, that is available to you, the help of God that's here right now. You have to connect to the new man. You have to connect to the fact that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have to connect to the indwelling presence of God that is with you 24-7. But how aware are we of it? How much do we, how, how often do we forget and so just, just breathe in. You know, that's one of the things that, that you're breathing in. The breath of life resides in you. Your spirit is alive. <laughs> and it's, it's, I mean, Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathed on his disciples. I mean, get a revelation of the breath of God that resides inside of you. You are full of the Holy Spirit. And just breathe in the power of God and exhale the power of God. I mean, and just use that as a very simple connection point. Like, you know, I know they do this in whatever, you know, other things, breathing and all this, but relaxation techniques and other things. But as believers, 
we, we see beyond that. We see that we have the breath of life residing inside of us. You know, that's the breath. Well, we have living water inside of us. Out of our bellies shall, so, shall, shall flow rivers of living water. Well, what is this living water? It's the river from the throne of God. That's the throne. When we, when we read, when we read Revelation, you know, about the tree of life and the river and all these things, I mean, this is coming from inside of you. The Lord is inside of, you know, this is the glory inside of you. And why, why am I saying this? This is where life and peace and breakthrough are. It's hard to be depressed and have these thoughts. It is very hard to, to be defeated and think these thoughts. It's very hard to be intimidated by whatever you're facing when you are connected with the reality of what you possess. I mean, the greater one that lives in you is not intimidated by whatever obstacle you might be facing, by, by whatever shortage you might find yourself in, but by whatever conflict that you don't know how to resolve or you, whatever decision you're trying to make or whatever uh, dilemma you may find yourself in. I mean, he is overcome it already. He's already overcome it. That's why he says, you know, we're in the world. You're going to have some situations. You're going to have some trials. You're going to have some tribulations. But he can instruct us to be of good cheer. He's saying be of good cheer because it ain't nothing. I've already overcome it. It's just an illusion, beloved. It ain't nothing. That doctor's reported nothing. That symptom in your body doesn't mean anything. I've already overcome that. And so you can have joy. You can have joy. You can have joy. Matter of fact, it's with joy that we draw out of the wells of salvation. So he's not just telling you to be of good cheer like it's a good idea. He's saying be of good cheer because that's a key to experiencing what he's already overcome. I mean, to experience the victory over what he's overcome. Be of good cheer because I've overcome it. Laugh. 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 Be of good cheer. I've overcome it. And as you laugh, you guess what? He who sits on his throne laughs. Well, guess what? You're laughing with him. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What joy? Well, there's a whole lot of joy in taking captivity captive. There's a whole lot of joy in redeeming his father's family. There's a lot of joy in reconnecting heaven and earth. <laughs> There's a lot of joy in, in totally annihilating everything that separated us from God's love. There's joy in, there was joy in the victory. There, it was, you know, it's kind of like the pain was worth the gain. And so it's just about rejo- it's about remembering, it's about rejoicing. Gosh, it's so important to remember. And I don't know what we need to do, what you personally need to do to remember. And especially 
in the critical moments that you forget. You know, I don't know if that means posting sticky notes in your house and in your car. I don't know if that means setting alarm on your phone with a reminder that goes off every single hour that says, you know what, you are gloriously filled with the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead. Act like it. That's why, you know, maybe we just need some reminders if we're forgetting. We need to do some practical things because Jesus didn't come for you to experience Christianity as a theory, as a Bible study. He didn't come for you to to know something and just forget it and never experience it. He, He came that you might enjoy life. He came that you might experience heaven. He came for you to experience all of this stuff. And what's holding us back, I'm being really honest about this, is our carnal minds. Is when we, when we, we think and we forget, like humans, and we forget and we fall asleep. And I know I've been saying the same thing over and over and over a bunch of different ways lately, but I, it is so easy to forget. And, and church, it is time to rise up. It is time to rise up in confidence of what, what Jesus has done for you. And if you have not really got in, if you've not established in your, your identity in Christ yet, you know what? I encourage you, look up Emerge. Inquire about Emerge. I mean, spend some time emerging into your true identity. It is, it is life changing because it's, it's, it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to live it. Amen? And I'll tell you, it's, it's so easy to receive from God when you are walking in your, in, in your true identity and you're right, as, as righteous sons. When you are a righteous son, one with God, you, 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 why is it not hard to receive? Well, because it's already yours. You're a joint heir with Jesus. I mean, receiving, it's not even really like I'm trying to receive something that's not mine. I'm receiving, I'm just manifesting what I've already got. And so it's a totally different perspective, even on receiving. We, we're trying to get something that's already been provided to us. You know, for example, in my mind, if I buy a present for my daughter, it's, it's hers the moment I buy it. Even if she didn't open it till Christmas morning, if I buy it, you know, it's her present. It belongs to her. And I, I might hide it away. I might put it in the closet or something so she doesn't see it for a minute. Right? Well, you have immeasurable riches that are, that are hidden, stored in heavenly places. And they belong to you. And guess what? Christmas morning has already happened. You, you have already been given permission to open it up. We aren't waiting on something to be able to, ex- to enjoy what Jesus has provided for us. We're not waiting. I mean, we are waiting, maybe, <laughs> but I guess that we don't have to wait. <laughs> we don't have to tarry. We don't have to wait. <sighs> so we can just, how do we receive it? Well, we just we believe. We, we just say it's mine. I got it. Thank you. We say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. 
Yeah. And sometimes it's just, a lot of times what it is too, it's just taking authority over whatever, you know, I always tell people we're, we're the, we're not the sick trying to get healed. We are the healed enforcing our healing. We're not the poor trying to get rich. We are the rich enforcing our richness. That poverty is illegal. Sickness is illegal. And so a lot of times we're enforcing what belongs to us. We're not, we're not trying to receive it. We're enforcing it. So it's a different, we've said receive it so much that we think about it differently. We think it in terms of getting something that we don't have. And that is not what the gospel is. The gospel is actually about experiencing what is already real, what is already true. It's you experiencing something that already exists. Does that make sense? So the manifestation of that, of it becoming whatever it is, let's say it's healing, and you're healing, you're healed, but you've got a a symptom in your body, well... The symptom in your body does not make you sick. <laughs> I mean, what I'm trying to say. That your identity, you can't, you can't take on the identity of I'm sick. The identity is I'm healed, and this sickness has to bow to the name of Jesus. All right? So it's a different thing than identifying, like, you're, you, you are, and how do I know this is true? I mean, I got healed of manic depression this way. I mean, I, I just, I wasn't, I mean, I felt depressed. I had the symptoms of depressed, but I, I was not depressed. And I just came out of agreement with it. It's not who I am. I, it's not who I am. And to be carnally minded, you're in agreement with someone you're not. And so we, we, we just, we have to get into agreement. Shalise, what do you mean? You're trying to say you're not sick. You're, I'm trying to say that in Christ, I am not sick. In Christ, I am healed. And that is what the word of God teaches us. <laughs> and that is true regardless of what I'm experiencing in the, in the seen realm. That is true. Now, it may not be manifested truth yet, but it is still true. And I'll say this, if you want the manifested truth, you better agree with what's actually true. Because a lot of times what's manifesting is what we believe to be true. So it's not a condemnation, it's, it's growth. It's growth. It's just the growth process of, of beginning to experience your true identity. You know, I, it's so easy... Uh, to forget and let external things define us. To let numbers on a balance sheet define us or let numbers in a bank account define us. Define our, our status of wealth, for example. To just define our, the status of our health. And we look externally, we look to something in the seen realm to tell us what's true. And although it's reality, in a sense, it's a real, it's real. We're not denying its existence. What we are denying is its power to define us. 
What we are denying is its power to tell us what is true. Because the word of God tells us what's true. The truth is the gospel. The truth is what Jesus has provided. The truth is the good news. And so that's what's called the fight of faith. If you want to know the fight of faith, it's the fight between the seen and the unseen. It's the fight between what the word of God says about us and what the seen realm says about us. About what other people say about us. Heck, what we say about us. The fight of faith is agreeing with what is true. And I mean agreeing with it no matter what. I mean standing and having done everything else, standing. And even even if it starts to look like it's getting worse, what does that mean? What does that mean? It's not working? No. Doubt is 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 the enemy of faith. Doubt is the enemy of faith. That's how the enemy works. Peter's, you know, Jesus told Peter, wherefore did you doubt? Here you are walking on water. You weren't being carnally minded, Peter. You were, you were being led by the Spirit. You were walking on water. You were, you were manifesting sonship. You were doing the impossible, Peter. Why did you doubt? Doubt. It's a doubt. I mean, are you, are you really convinced that your sin nature is dead? Are you really convinced that you're righteous? Are you really convinced? Are you healed? What about that pain? What about the, the things that are going on? I'm, we're not denying them. We're saying they're illegal. Thank you, Lord. And you know... Sickness comes with so much, especially in the body of Christ, it can come with so much condemnation. You think, oh, I, I deserve this. I did this. I didn't take care of myself. I, whatever. You, you, you just, it can, it can come with so much condemnation. We almost like we, and fear. And all of that is, is a, is a trick of the enemy. So what do you do? What do we do when we're, when we're, we're sick? Well, you know what? We, we laugh and we follow the Holy Spirit. We know the truth and we ask Holy Spirit to tell us what to do. We speak to the mountain. We, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We, we pray, right? We pray and we declare it. We pray for one another. We call someone and ask for prayer. But we do not get an agreement. So I just want you to think about some things in your life that maybe you've been in agreement with that you need to just come out of agreement with tonight. And say, you know what, I am not in agreement with this version of myself. I am not in agreement that I am sick or that I am broke or that I am depressed. I'm not, I I am not. I'm a new creation in Christ and I am healed and I'm whole and I am free I am translated from the kingdom of darkness. I've been redeemed from the curse. I do not participate in the curse. I don't participate in the kingdom of darkness. And the things that are in my life right now today that are not 
in agreement with heaven, that are not allowed in heaven, that are illegal in heaven, those things have got to bow. They have got to bow to the cross. They have got to bow to the lordship of Jesus Christ. They have got to bow in Jesus' name. You are not welcome in my body. You are not welcome in my bank accounts. You are not welcome in my mailbox. You are not welcome in my marriage. You are not welcome in my mind. You are not welcome. You must leave. All of these things must bow. And then, you know what? Rejoice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I can feel, I can feel the, the power in just coming out of agreement with these things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the power of the Spirit <laughs> means <laughs> that we have all of the access of His gifts. We have the access of the Holy Spirit's gifts. And you know what? Words of wisdom, words of knowledge... Prophetic, the prophetic, um, gifts of healing. I mean, these gifts of Holy Spirit are available to us. We don't have to wander around like what's going on. Like we have it, we have the ability for the Holy Spirit to tell us exactly what's going on. And hallelujah, when you pray for someone, there's, there's, you can, you can know exactly what's going on. And a lot of time what's going on is it's a straight-up attack. I mean, you go through, go through the Gospels. Go through the Gospels and look at how Jesus healed the sick. There was a good, at least third of it, where it was demonic in origin. Where to, in order for someone to experience a manifestation of healing, he dealt directly with a spirit of infirmity or a deaf and dumb spirit. I mean, he, he dealt with demonic things. The other times, guess what? He spoke right to that thing. He rebuked headaches, like talk to a headache like it was a person. Right? Then the other times he would just command people to do things, right? Rise up and walk. Go show yourself to the priest. I mean, different things. I mean, sometimes the one lady just touched his garment. She decided. Jesus didn't do anything except just need him to do anything. He's <laughs> just walking, right? Somebody got a hold of him and it happened. So, I mean, if, if there's an area in your life that you are, you're not experiencing heaven, right? Let's say that that was just sickness. I mean, you know what? Go read some of the stories and just, just, just connect with the manifestation of healing. Holy Spirit will guide you. He will show you. You know, it's funny. There's people that I that I am in relationship with that came to me. Thank goodness, God connected us. And it was the first time. They, I mean, this one person has dealt with narcolepsy, and I had been to sleep clinics. I mean, the finest in the world had had sleep studies. Had been on every kind of medication. I mean, oh my gosh, it's like the woman with the issue of blood had just spent all of his money, all of his time but grown, you know, grown worse. And I was the first person that ever said to her, that is a demon. And what is really sad about it is all those doctors, all those sleep clinics, all of that stuff that people are going through, 
nobody is treating it actually like it's, a, it's an evil spirit. I mean, arthritis? You know, one of my favorite books on healing, I have two of them, they're, they're old school, but I really love Charles and Francis Hunter, and I really loved the book that they wrote that was called uh, well, How to Heal the Sick, and then it had a, a, a handbook that went with it that was called Handbook for Healing. And I loved how Handbook for Healing in the back of that book had diseases listed from A to Z and how to pray for them. And I loved that training, and I used to teach it. I've taught thousands and thousands and thousands of people because it taught you how to pray for the sick like you drive a car. Like, I mean, literally, it's like instead of going to driver's ed, you went to, like, supernatural ed, you know? You just went to healing ed. And I just, I'm saying this because the world has a lot of thoughts about sickness. The world, it says, you are yet worldly. You are still mere human. And I'm not saying we shouldn't, what am I trying to say? I'm saying we should spend as much time understanding supernatural healing as we should natural healing. I mean, we are in a natural, everybody's natural now. I live in Colorado, everything's natural, 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 natural. I'm like, well, when is a state going to be known for supernatural? Like supernatural, this is the supernatural healing capital of the world, right? I mean, that hasn't really happened since John G. Lake and Seattle. And so that's just, I'm using this as an example of how carnality sneaks into our lives. And I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, you know, sickness came, came in our house this year. I mean, we've had, we fought things this year in our house. And it's just, it's, when you don't feel good, it's hard. But this is the Lord saying that we don't have to put up with this mess. That we don't have to put up with this mess. That we are more powerful than we have believed. I'm going to say it again. We are more powerful than, and that's, that's for every, all of us. That's a word for all of us. Amen. I'm preaching to myself. We are more powerful than we have believed. We can do things that we have never done. (laughs) Whoa. The same works that Jesus did. Greater works than Jesus did. We are miracle workers. We are miracle workers. Say that out loud. We are, I'm a miracle worker. I'm a miracle worker. I'm a miracle worker. I lay hands on the sick and they recover. Signs and wonders follow me. I'm a signs and wonder worker. I raise the dead. Say it. I mean, I raise the dead. Hallelujah. (laughs) Woo! I feel that when we say it. That's the truth. That's the truth. That is the that is the truth. If you're if, let's say it's a financial struggle, well, you know what? There are that's like Jesus has a bunch of weird examples about how he overcame lack. He didn't tolerate it. He, that fig tree, whoo! 
Don't get Jesus with a fig tree that's not, when he's hungry, doesn't have any fruit on it, right? Why? That, this is not allowed. This, you know what? There are no fruitless fig trees in heaven. I mean, he's like, curse. No, no man will ever eat figs from you again. Talks to a tree. So he wasn't just talking to headaches. Now he's talking to trees. Right? He, talking to storms. Talking to evil spirits. They're talking back. They recognized him. Jesus. Have you come to torment us? I mean, this is... But when you're carnal, it never even occurs to you to speak to inanimate objects. It doesn't occur to you to... I need to talk back to this headache. You know what? Instead of taking Advil. You know, I mean, we we just... It's worldly, right? And so this isn't to rebuke. It's to remind you. This is a wake-up call. This is a wake-up call to remind her how powerful. And we're, we're just called to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Woo, we're called to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I remember the first time I really started experiencing the power. Of, does anybody remember that? When you, when you first started experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit? And it's just mind-boggling, man. You're just like... Whoa, (laughs) you just can't hardly even, you don't know what to do with all of it. And I'm just saying, today is the day. We need to walk out of here tonight and go find someone to pray for. We need to get out of here tonight and find someone that needs a little kingdom. Why? Because you got too much power. You can't keep it to yourself. You're going to explode unless you, unless you, revival happens through you tonight. I mean, revi- where, where is revival? Inside of you. Amen. It's inside of you. It's inside of you. And let me say this. That kind of lifestyle keeps you awake. It keeps you awake. You know, you, you shouldn't be able to go to the grocery store and just get groceries. Like, what's going on in that grocery store? What if the scene realm got peeled back and you just were there standing it, in it as it really... What if the what if discerning of spirits, which is the gift of that, it's that seer gift, it's that I, dis, I have discernment of that unseen realm. What if that thing just gets turned on and you're just standing in Safeway, seeing what's going on in people's lives and there's so much more to life than walking around carnal. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just thank you for that. And all this thoughts, it's like, sometimes, I don't know if, I mean, I just feel, it's just like, well, I'm no evangelist. And that's a tone of voice, too. I'm no evangelist. Right, I don't even know where that tone comes from. But it's just this mess that, that this, I'm no Jesus, right? I'm no miracle worker. Shut up in Jesus' name. I'm not telling that to you, I'm telling to that voice. 
I'm saying shut your mouth. Hold your peace in Jesus' name. I mean, what was written in this in the Bible is, is not for everybody but you. The same works will Jesus do and even greater works will that, that's for everybody but you. I mean, we actually people actually think this. Like they're 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 waiting on some endowment or something to, to be released into supernatural ministry or to be released into supernatural life. Now, it might need to be activated. You might need to learn some things, but you already got it, man. You already got it. You already got it. Whoo, I just released that over you. You've already got it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want you, you know, you just close your eyes for a moment. I just want you to visualize yourself one with Jesus right now. However that looks. However that looks, if Jesus is inside of you, you're inside of him, both, I don't know. Hey, thank you, Lord. I, I, it, you, the atmosphere shifts. The atmosphere shifted. I felt it in the room. I, I, I know wherever you are, I, I, you're going to feel you, it's a shift. It's, why? Because the body of Christ has just gotten in agreement. Hey, hey, hallelujah. I've just been quiet here for a moment because, you know, we don't spend enough time here. Thank you, Lord. This is who you are. This is who you are. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Well, I kind of want to just kind of wrap up really with this because it's just so key. You have a true identity and you have a false identity. And that false identity, I just want you to realize it's, it's been programmed into you. You came by it honestly. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you were taught it, all right, by life's experiences and all kinds of things. But, hey, you know what? You can give that person a hug and send them on their way. Thank you. You're not the real me. The real me is right here in Christ. This is what it means to put on Christ. <laughs> you know, Paul tells you to do things sometimes that you're just like, or you know, the Bible tells you to do things. You're like, what do I, put on Christ. 
I go, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> right? See the unseen. <laughs> right? <laughs> just you're like, what? Right? And it's just like, ooh, okay. Yeah. This is what it means. This is, you can't walk in the flesh and, 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 and be in this place at the same time. You can't. You have to, you, if you are in Christ, living in union with Him, you can't, you can't be in and out at the same time. Thank you, Lord. This is walking in the Spirit. What does that mean? Walk in the Spirit. Like, what does that mean? Walk in the Spirit. Well, get in Christ. You'll be in the Spirit. And He's in you. So now we're in, I mean, the Spirit's walking in us. We don't just walk in the Spirit. Spirit walks in us too. Hey. I thought, you know, but you think about these things we hear. Like, what does this mean? Walk in the Spirit. What does this mean? Put on Christ. What does this mean? What do these things? How do you do that? See the unseen. Well, your imagination is the key. Your imagination is the key. And see that we see we have a lot of religious hang-ups in our imagination. We somehow we've been taught a lot of times, especially if you grew up in Catholic church or you've grown up with any kind of religious whatever, you know, we've taught all, you know, like God cannot look upon sin. Well, Jesus Christ became sin. Like I'm not sure what changed. I mean, I'm no Bible scholar. I just read the New Covenant and it said Jesus knew no sin. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteous of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21. So, I mean, in Christ. The righteous of God in Christ. You know, and so my point is, is that if you've got hangups in your imagination, a lot of times that comes because we believe these religious things about, like, Jesus is too holy. I can't imagine him. You know, or we just have trouble. I mean, but I say, what I do with people is I say, you know what, start with something simple. I always use a red fire truck, or not, I just say a fire truck, it doesn't always have to be red, but, you know, just imagine a red fire truck, and it, just to make sure your imagination works. And if you can imagine a red fire truck, but you can't imagine Jesus, or you can't imagine yourself as one with him, then recognize something's going on here. Because... There's a reason why, I mean, you've got an imagination, you can imagine a, a red fire truck, but you can't imagine your union with God. What is going on here? Something's blocking you from being able to do that. Is it that you don't feel worthy? Is it that you, you feel like this isn't for me? Do you feel like it's wrong to imagine it? I mean, connect with that a minute because here's the thing. You can't put on Christ any other way. There's no other way to obey the scripture that says put on Christ. Like I, I don't know where to go find him to, to put him on right now. I mean, do I go to Jerusalem? Do I go to the tomb? Do I go there? Do I, do I go to the church? Do I go to, to the priest? Where do I go? Where do I go to find Jesus to go put him on? I mean, that scripture is a, let me just read it in context. It's very powerful. But where, how do I put on Christ if I, can't, if I can't use my imagination? What do I do? Right? In Romans 13, 14, in other scripture it says, Clothe yourselves 
with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says, and don't think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. It's really good. You know, it is a, it's a carnal spirit, carnal spirit here, but, but how do we do it? You ha- we have to be able to, there's no other way. Let me, let me read it in context though. Let me go back to here. Romans 13. You know, you maybe you've not thought about it before, but, um, <laughs> so good. Let me read it here. Another one, here's the Passion Translation. It says, fully immerse yourself. Fully immerse yourself into the Lord Jesus, the anointed. Think about this. Fully immerse yourself into the Lord Jesus, the anointed one. And here's what it says. And don't waste even a moment's thought on your former identity. And then it says this, to awaken its selfish desires. I mean, listen to this scripture. It's saying, clothe yourself, put on Jesus. This is the solution, right? This is the solution to the old identity, to the old whatever, right? We put him on. So good. So, so good. Let me just, let me say this. Night's darkness is dissolving away as a new day of destiny dawns. Verse 12. So we must once and for all strip away what is done in the shadows of darkness, removing it like filthy clothes. And once and for all clothe ourselves with the radiance of light as our weapon. We must live honorably surrounded by the light of this new day, not in the darkness of of drunkenness and debauchery, not in promiscuity and sensuality, not being argumentative or jealous of others. Instead, this is what it tells you to do. Instead, fully immerse yourself in Lord Jesus. It means don't be carnal. Be spiritually minded. And how do you do this? How are we spiritually minded? With our imagination. With our Holy Spirit-inspired imagination, we put on Christ. We experience our union with God. I'm telling you, that is my ministry, is to help people experience their union with God, is to help people immerse people, immerse themselves into the Lord Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And to me, this is what it means to practice the presence. Because, I mean, mean, when I first read that book, for me, I've struggled a little bit with, like, the presence of God. I get that the presence of God is bigger than just who he is as a person because he can't be contained. I get that, but it starts, to, when it starts to make your mind tilt a little bit. And you can almost think of the presence of God as something like a force or like, you know, it's like an external thing. It's the manifest presence of God. Well, but God, the presence of God, yes, it's, it's, every, it's in everything. It's, it's all in all. I mean, Jesus is the preeminent one. He fills it all. <laughs> That's how big he is. But he's also, it's also a person. Woo! Hallelujah! 
holy. That's just holy. I don't even know what else to say. Holy. That's just holy. It's just holy. It's just so holy that he fills all in all, but he, he also has skin. <laughs> and a, you can hug him. You can, he's got substance. He can, oh, it's awesome. Thank you, Jesus, for humanity, for your humanity. When you practice the presence, it's, 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 yes, it's the manifest, I don't know what to even call it because it feels so intangible. But Jesus is not just intangible. The presence of God is not just intangible. It, it fits inside of you. <laughs> it's in you. And your union with God is, it, to me, such an important part of practicing the presence. It's such an important place to start when you practice the presence. Because it, it wraps it up in your identity. <laughs> that the presence of the Lord is in your presence. <laughs> yeah. You know, we sing in your presence, and he's like, well, in your presence. <laughs> you know? <sighs> it's, it's in our presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for that. So, Father, I thank you that you are teaching us to be spiritually minded. Holy Spirit, you are helping us experience life and peace. To understand practically how to be led by you. And how to experience our true identity. (laughs) And I thank you, God, that there's a manifestation of all kinds of things as a result of it. Thank you that it begins, the starting point is putting on Christ. Amen? Now, I'm going to wrap up tonight, but I I really felt I needed to teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit really quick. Um, You know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is such an important part of us, of, us, of us experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, before, you know, well, even a little bit before that, before Jesus' um, ascension in Acts, it is Acts chapter 1, I'll just go there to start. Um, I love, you know, it's kind of interesting in Acts, sometimes we miss this, but uh, it, it, Acts starts with uh, the very first verse there, uh, the very first part of Acts chapter 1, I'm going there now while I'm talking. It says here, verse 2, just before he ascended into heaven, talking about Jesus, he left instructions for the apostles he had chosen by the Holy Spirit. After the sufferings of the cross, Jesus appeared alive many times to these same apostles over a 40-day period. And it says, Jesus proved to them with many convincing signs that he had been resurrected. And during these encounters, say encounters, he taught them truths of God's kingdom realm. And he shared meals with them. I just think this is so amazing. (laughs) He's the resurrected Jesus for 40 days, which is, you know, amazing, right? And think about this at Easter season and where we are right now, right? I mean, we're just heading into... You know, Palm Sunday today, and then we're heading into Easter next weekend, and just the, the timing of all of this. So, I mean, after next weekend, after the resurrection, for those next 40 days after Easter, 
this was the 40 days. He was, this is the, the time, how many ever thousands, 2,000 and something years ago when Jesus was doing this, right? And it says that this is what he instructed them in verse 4. It says, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the, God, the Father had promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Every time they were together, they asked Jesus, Lord, it's time for you to now free Israel and restore the kingdom. <laughs> you know, and the, the disciples just didn't even understand it yet. They still were looking for him to, to establish an earthly kingdom through Israel. But he was saying before this, I'm not going to go into that, but before this, he was saying, wait here because I have a gift. And it's, it's the, it's the Holy Spirit. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And verse 80 says, but I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power. You will be filled with power. I'm going to say it again. You will be filled with power. See, that's why you're not a victim. Yes. The Holy Spirit has filled you with power. And it says, and you will be my messengers in Jerusalem and Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on earth. So, you know, I grew up in a church where they didn't teach this. They didn't teach the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They didn't teach about the power of the Holy Spirit in the church I grew up in. And it's one of the reasons why I was in my 30s before I actually was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I received this power that they're talking about here that happened when they got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, I didn't even have the power before I got baptized with the Holy Spirit to really be a good Christian. Bible reading, I mean, it was like I didn't even understand it. I mean, I, I, I didn't have any power. I had no power. I didn't have the power to be a good Christian. Some people, I always think, you know, people that really, you know, don't teach the baptism of the Holy Spirit or they're more traditional, I think to myself, these are such good Christian moral people. <laughs> Until I got the power of the Holy Spirit, I was not a good Christian moral person. But the Holy Spirit came, when he, when he, when you really give him permission and you're you're immersed in the holy spirit say the baptism is an immersion it's a filling of the holy spirit Woo! right hallelujah hallelujah when, when we when we are filled with the holy spirit i'll tell you it changes it it changes everything it changes it it just changes it because power comes into your life you know, and Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. He said, I will ask of the Father, and he will send. He's going to send you another comforter. So it's not just power, it's comfort. It's encouragement. It's, it's, it's teaching. It's, it's revelation. It's, it's just it's understanding of the Bible. It's, it's, it's power. Power to, power to do the same thing that Jesus did. It's God in us. It's Christ in us. It's the anointed one. It's so good. It's so good. And so if, if you are by chance listening to this or you're here tonight and you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, it's really a prayer. It's just a prayer. It's a prayer. It's just saying, okay, I heard the good news. I mean, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I was at a Joyce Meyer conference. And I heard her teach about it. And I honestly, I didn't have really good opinions about it because, again, my Pentecostal grandmother who didn't get to wear makeup or, you know, do any of that stuff, that was a holy rollers is what they were. They were straight up Pentecostals. And my grandma used to drag me to these Pentecostal meetings when I was a little kid 
And they would scare me because all these people were speaking in tongues. What is a speaking in tongues business? And so I thought it was just so strange and so weird to me, right? And I didn't realize that it was actual normal Christianity. I didn't realize that. I mean, this is the first chapter of Acts. (laughs) This is right before Jesus ascended. Like, this is not an add-on here. It's it's literally, I mean, we don't even do it all right, but it's literally right. It's the birth of Jesus. It's the life and ministry of Jesus. Then it's the death of Jesus. Then it's the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And yes, it's the ascension of Jesus. It's the 40 days, then the ascension of Jesus. And then it's the coming of the Holy Ghost and the holy power of God. This is God's spirit. This is God himself, the Trinity expressed Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is, this is God Himself, the person of the Holy Spirit, who is, invaded Earth, and, and the church was born. 120 people up in this room, and it was, it's like tongues of fire, it says. Why? I always, you know, I, I didn't have the revelation then that I have now about this, but what was, what's the deal about our tongues? Why do we gotta speak in tongues? Why do, why does the fire gotta come and, Purify their tongues because our, our, our words, our words had been hijacked. And the Tower of Babel, let me tell you, when they were all in one tongue, all in one accord, and they were, they were all setting their sights to build a tower to heaven, and God came down and confused their speech. Why? Because it's the power of speech. We are created in God's image and death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so if he's going to, if he's going to have any, if we're going to have any power, you know what? We're going to have to have some power in our tongue. <laughs> you better hear me. If you're going to have the power of the Holy Spirit, it's going to start with the power of your tongue because death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so he came down with that fire. Woo! Baptism with fire. Baptism with fire. And he, in their speech, he got their, 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 their languages. And it was so interesting because think about it. At the Tower of Babel, there was all one speech. And then he dispersed a bunch of different languages. And here they start speaking these other languages that they didn't know. Wait a minute. Now I'm communicating with unbelievers in a language. I couldn't even preach the gospel to you. But all of a sudden, I'm supernaturally preaching in your language. It's this, it's very, in, in 1 Corinthians um, 14, it, you know, it says, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14, it says that he who speaks in tongues speaks to God. And Paul said, I would pray in the spirit and I'd pray with my mind. So this is a supernatural language. It's a super, and I know if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, this may just be a reminder for you, but I, this is about living in the power of the Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came that day on the day of Pentecost, and he filled them with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in other tongues. And so you and I, when we speak in tongues... That's the power of the Holy Ghost. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. It is a, I remember when I first got baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, I was a very intellectual, I didn't understand it. I had the grandma thing that freaked me out. It took me a minute to kind of get my head around this and be like, oh God, I'm going to speak in another language. This is so weird. It's so unusual. I don't know how to handle it. I don't know if this, do I want this? Do I want to be that? You know, I mean, I just had to really come to terms with all that stuff. But honestly, I was tired of not having power. 
I mean, really, what drew me to this is I was like, I got to have some power. And so I was just like, fill me up, Holy Ghost. Fill me up, fill me up, fill me up, fill me up. And then it was just, you know, as I began to speak in tongues, I'm telling you, my life started to be supernaturally aligned in a way that it was so incredible. To this day, there's no natural explanation for it. When we pray in the Spirit, I'm telling you, things happen. Things happen. It's not human. It's divine. It is not you being a mere mortal. It's you being a, an immortal. <laughs> it is you living out of your true identity and speaking the mystery, speaking in the power of God. And, you know, the enemy really comes after this in our lives. He does not want people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He does not want people to pray in the Spirit, to speak in tongues, because it kicks his butt. He has not, what, what's he going to do? He doesn't get it. He doesn't even know, he doesn't even know what you're saying. You know, it's like the secret kingdom communications. You know how the enemy is always, they're always trying to intercept the communications in a war. I mean, they'll have code breakers. I mean, they have codes. They have all kinds of secret things that they do because communication in a war, communication if you can if you can disrupt communication, you can you can take over, you can win. You can win the war. And that's why it's so powerful and why it's so important really honestly for us to pray in the spirit and to stay connected to God. Communication is key. So, how do you receive it? Well, I'm going to pray. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you're listening to this tonight, I'm going to pray for you right now. If there's anybody here who's never been, who does not speak in tongues and is not baptized in the Holy Spirit, I just want you to raise your hand. You? Okay. Are you, do you want to be? Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to gather around. You guys gather around him. Yeah. You guys gather around him. I'm going to pray. And he, anybody that's listening to this that needs to get filled with the Holy Ghost. You're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost right now. So we're just going to pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are the baptizer of the Holy Ghost. And we thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so in the name of Jesus, we not right now say be filled. Every person, God, that is not filled with the Holy Spirit, that does not have a prayer language, that does not speak in tongues, God, we just, hey, we say be filled in Jesus' name. <laughs> we say be filled, be filled, be filled. And now I just want you to just, you know, Holy Spirit, when you pray in tongues, is not going to take over He's going to give you the utterance. So you just open up your, your, your mouth and you just begin to, whatever syllables begin to flow, just speak those out. And I always tell people it's like, um, it's like baby talk, right? It's just like baby talk. You know, English is just syllables that we understand. So there's syllable sounds that you don't understand and don't, don't, you know, just let them flow. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Wonderful God. Wonderful God. Hallelujah. 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 All right, now let that person be the one speaking now. So if the, if you are if you just it, just let those syllables flow. And here's the thing about praying in the spirit. You don't have to you can stop and start it on your own. 
You can pray in the Spirit, stop praying in the Spirit. When I began first praying in the Spirit, I, I would, I'd pray in the Spirit in the shower all the time. That's where I'd pray in the Spirit. Yeah. Now, if you want more information about this and you're listening to the podcast or you're not sure, you know, just send us an email at info at shalice.com and we'll be happy to have a minister give you a call and help you receive. If you have questions, answer questions, whatever it is that you need. And so I'm going to go ahead and close out for tonight. And I'm going to leave you with that. But Father, I thank you that we have received power because the Holy Spirit has come upon us. And I thank you that we are living in that power. We are living in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And Father, I thank you that you are going to be drawn. I just thank you, Father, you're going to be drawing people to this teaching just because it's their time to open this gift, to open this gift from you. And so, Lord, we just, um, I just thank you for all of the people. And, you know, if you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit by listening to this podcast, I'd love to hear from you. I would love to just, you know, send me a quick note at info at shalice.com and let me know that God uh, touched you tonight and that you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. All right, well, I love you. I believe in you. And until next time, you are amazing. All right, good night.